0: Hey friend, what's up? My name is Christy and welcome to Awaken the Extraordinary. If you are tired of surviving, if you are ready to thrive, if you are willing to get curious about yourself, about others, if you are willing to look at the world and other people and yourself with an open heart and an open mind, then this is the place for you. Okay? So stop whatever you're doing or you can multitask too. Like that's cool with me and give this episode a listen. Okay. I am going to start greeting you with hello friend, because I have been telling people, I want you to feel like you and I are friends. When you're listening to this podcast, I want you to feel like you and I are old friends sitting down, having a beer, having a cup of coffee and just talking. But I'm monopolizing the conversation and uh, that, I mean, that's probably how it, it would be, uh, you know, the majority of the time anyway, if you and I were to sit down in real life, but I really want you to feel like we're friends. I want you to feel like I'm speaking directly to you. I feel like so many of us need connection like a true connection with someone and I feel like the last couple of years um, many of us have lost those connections with people and I think human connection is what keeps us going and so I want to greet you from every episode forward As just friend, I want you to feel like it's just you and me, and I want you to feel like you matter because you taking the time to listen, you making space for you and I to have this energetic exchange that is important, and I appreciate it and I appreciate you. So with that being said, hello, friend, welcome to another episode of Awaken the Extraordinary. I had an experience today with a dermatologist, and it just was interesting. And then it made me think of another experience that I had with a dermatologist, which was very upsetting to me. This happened when I think I was like 18 or 20. And it made me think of something. So today I went to the dermatologist. It's just my annual, hey, let's look everything over and make sure there's no melanoma. Skin cancer runs in my family. I try to do this every year. It has been four. The last time I was there, I was pregnant with my son and, um, you know, motherhood and, other stuff, and then COVID, and here we are. I'm trying to cram in a bunch of appointments before we move, and this was one of the appointments that I crammed in. So I went today, and I had this laundry list of things that I wanted to cover with this doctor, and um, I covered about half of them. And when she came in, she was examining me, and then she asked me to take off my mask because here in California, I don't know how things are where you are, but whenever you go to a medical facility, you still have to wear the mask. So I was wearing my mask. She asked me to remove it, and then she commented on my acne scarring. And the way she did it was kind of amusing to me. She's like, oh, she's like, you have some acne scarring. And I really wanted to look at her and go, no shit. But I didn't. (laughs) It was just like, you've seen me before. Like, you didn't comment on it before. It doesn't look any worse now. And I was just like, wow. Thank you, Captain Obvious. And this may sound kind of snarky. And if it does, that's okay. But it was just the way it was said. Like, wow, like, you have some acne scarring. Really? Really? I I hadn't noticed. It's not like I look at myself in the mirror every day. You know, I, this mascara and stuff, I just, I'm good. I just put it on without even looking in the mirror. Like, I was just like, really? So I said, yeah, I, I know. And she's like, well, we could do something about that. And I said, I'm actually okay with it. And she's like, really? Because, you know, we could do some micro needling and that would, that would really help. And I said, well... You know, I have done microdermabrasions and chemical peels. I said, and that actually really, it it significantly reduced my scarring. Um, I said, and I'm okay with that. And she's like, really? And I said, yeah, I actually am okay with this. And as I've shared in previous episodes, I am... A little self-conscious about it but I told her I said what actually bothers me more than my skin is my turkey neck and she's like what and she's like what what and so I showed her I said the skin under my chin and on my neck it's starting to sag I feel like I look like a turkey I Joke to my husband that you don't need to buy a turkey for Thanksgiving. You can just stick me on your table and stuff me. <laughs> just, It's not that bad. I'm exaggerating for dramatic effect. But I am very, very self-conscious about my neck. It's genetics. Um, everybody on my mom's side, all the women have it. And I noticed it a couple of years ago, I was standing in a bathroom mirror, um, or I was looking in a bathroom mirror at a restaurant, we went to brunch, and I saw this shadow and I was like, what was, what's that? And then I looked and I was like, what happened? Like, where did this come from? When did it start? So then what I started doing was going back like years and photos and zooming in to see when my neck sag started. Like I was, I I refused to wear my hair up. I refused to wear my hair back. I was so self-conscious about it because I'm 44, but I feel like, you know, like I don't look like I'm 44. I don't think, um, not to say looking like 44 is bad, but I feel like I look younger than what my adju- my actual biological age is and I feel like my neck makes me, I guess, look my age. And I, I'm hearing myself as I'm saying this to you, like I talk about just kind of like with the whole filter shaming thing. I talk about accepting yourself as you are, being happy with yourself as you are, but at the same time acknowledging that we're human, that we're all going to have things that we don't like about ourselves or that most of us are going to have things that we don't like about ourselves physically. And this is one of my things. And so that's my, my backstory to the turkey neck, okay? So, so then um, I told her, I said, yeah, I just, I don't like my neck. And so she was like, oh, so that bothers you more than your scarring? I said, yes, it it does. So then she was like, oh, okay, well, we have this thing called Sofa Wave or something. So, you know, it, it's basically, I think, like, ultra, it's some sort of, like, infrared light, I think, that stimulates the collagen um, production in your skin, which then helps your skin regain some of its elasticity. I think like they gave me a brochure. I have not looked at it, but um, what I thought was interesting was just how stuck on the scarring she was. And I got home and I was like, should I be more worried about my acne scarring? Should I be more concerned and maybe bothered and self conscious about that more so than my neck? Like, why? Why was she focusing more on my scarring? You know, is it because maybe my neck is not as visible as like my face? Because like I get that, but I just thought it was really interesting that like here you have you're commenting on something that maybe I guess you're, you're used to women being bothered by it, which I, I am, but not enough to really want to do anything about it at this point. And the fact that she kept kind of like sticking to that was just interesting to me. And I, I was like, I don't know what that, means like is this something that i should be more self-conscious about than i really am and so then it got me thinking about just kind of the, the messages that we as women receive um when we're going to like a dermatologist or when we're watching tv and the type of advertising that is Targeted towards us. Like, maybe that's why I am self conscious about my neck. Like, my husband, if my husband had the same thing, I don't know that he would be responding to it the way that I do. I mean, he's also a different person, but it's just interesting to me how we as women are having conversations with people about things in regards to our physical appearance that may not even be a thing to us, but because someone's telling us it's a thing or maybe it should be a thing, we're talking about it. And I feel like maybe that's where just a lot of stuff stems from. When I was 18 or 20, I was seeing a dermatologist regularly. Um, I think I had shared before that I was on five courses of Accutane. So Accutane is this... I I don't know if they have it or if, if it's used in the same way or if the restrictions that were in place then are still in place now. But Accutane is like this insanely strong medication to clear up acne. And not just like teenage acne, but like cystic acne. Like I had described I would... I would lean my head on my hand or my face on my hand and my cystic acne was so bad it would just ooze. So I always had to carry tissues. It was very humiliating and um, very uncomfortable, like physically uncomfortable as well as emotionally. And so I was on five courses of Accutane over the course of many years to try to get this resolved once and for all and the last time I was on that course of Accutane like the doctor said like this needs to be your last dose because I actually don't know or your last treatment of Accutane because I actually have never heard of anyone being on it this many times and one of the things with Accutane too is if you get pregnant while you are on Accutane Your child will come out with deformities. So in the literature that they give you, they show you pictures of what your child could potentially look like if you were to get pregnant. And I'm just like thinking now as I'm recording this, like what the fuck was in that medication? And am I just really lucky that I got pregnant? Like being on it five times? Like I don't know, but I'm like, what the hell is in that medication that does that? And you also had to be on two forms of birth control. So if you were sexually active when you were on this medication, you needed to be on two forms of birth control. So I don't think I was having sex at all during any of those courses. So that wasn't like a thing. But even if you weren't sexually active, you still had to go in for a pregnancy test like every month to make sure that you weren't pregnant. Because I guess if you were pregnant, then you would have... maybe had a choice to abort the baby like I I don't know Um, and I don't want to go down any of that road but um, that's how like intense that treatment was so all of this to say that I have been seeing dermatologists off and on for the majority of my life And I went to one dermatologist, like I said, when I was 18 or 20, you know, for, I think I was on Accutane with him. And he also did like, he dabbled in some plastic surgery, although it looked like, honestly, he did a lot more than dabbling when it came to his own physical features. And, uh, he had started doing liposuction and I was heavier at the time. And, but I mean, I was like 18 or 20, like I was a kid and, He actually recommended, I think I was like 30, 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. And he actually recommended that I consider liposuction. And even now, I'm just like, I was a kid. Like, what are you doing? And why why would that be your go-to? I know why that was his go-to. It was because of money. But why would you not ask somebody about like their eating habits or their physical activity? Like, why would that be the first freaking thing that you suggest? And I, again, like, I know the answer it's money, but that is just like, so disappointing and so disheartening to me, you know? And so I remember like, he recommended that he's like, have you ever thought about liposuction? And I was like, what? I was already self-conscious about how I looked because of my skin. I think I had braces. I was overweight. Like, oh, let's tell the 18, 20-year-old girl, like, you need to think about liposuction. And so I was just like, no. And he's like, well, here, here are some pictures. And, you know, he had like before and afters. And I remember there was, there was one picture where this woman was relatively smooth. She was larger, but she was relatively smooth, like her skin. And then after the liposuction, like I, I remember this picture as clear as day. She was smaller, but you know how they say cellulite looks like cottage cheese? Like she looked like a container of cottage cheese. And I, and I was pissy because I was offended because I was hurt because I didn't want somebody saying to me what I already knew. Like I didn't need that. You know, I already felt bad. And so I remember looking at the picture. I'm like, that's the before. And he's like, yeah. And I said, and that's the after this one right here where her skin is just very unevenly textured, I guess. And he's like, yes. And I said, And she was happy with that result. And he said, yes, she was very happy. And I'm like, I would have told you I wanted my money back. I go, I think that looks like crap. I said, okay, she's smaller, but her skin and all of that, I'm like, I think she looks awful. I said, so if I ever decide to do liposuction, I'm not going to be coming to you. And he's just like, well, she was very happy with the result. And I'm like, well... I'm glad because I wouldn't have been. And I was thinking of that conversation today when I was thinking about my experience with a dermatologist today and the conversation about my acne scarring. And it just kind of served as a reminder of like these really subtle ways that I think we're just told that how we look and how we are isn't good enough. That even if we're okay with something about ourselves, someone else thinks that maybe we shouldn't be. Because the dermatologist today seemed very surprised that, and I was like, my neck actually bothers me more than my skin. Really? Yes, really. Why is that like so hard to believe? And even if it is hard to believe, why do you feel that that's appropriate to even like respond that way. And I'm like, no fucking wonder like we as women have so many issues with how we look. Because there are all these slick and subtle ways that we're told we're we're not good enough, we're not enough, we're not pretty enough, we're not thin enough. And I just want to tell you if you if you're listening right now, you're enough of everything. You're smart enough, you're pretty enough, you're healthy enough, like you're enough. And whether someone thinks that you aren't, I want you to know that you are. Like as I'm saying this, I'm thinking of that movie, Shallow How, where Jack Black's character, you know, gets, I think he's hypnotized, right? Though well, the irony that I just dropped a, a hypnotherapy episode. Um, But he's hypnotized, I think, by Tony Robbins, or he's just kind of given this different perspective. I can't remember the specific details. But when he looks, because he's so focused on what people look like externally, he doesn't see the true beauty. He's basing people's value, their worth as a person, solely on how they look. And the spell, I guess, that Tony Robbins put him under allows him to see people for who they truly are. So, these people that even aesthetically they're what we would call beautiful, they could be a really mean person. So, then that's what he sees. And I love the message of that story. It's about looking beyond what we physically see and knowing that what we see does not indicate that person's value, beauty, worth. But my one hiccup, I guess, with that movie, my one problem with the movie is that there's even anything that we need to look beyond. And I know that that's so much of how our world is. But what if there wasn't anything we needed to look beyond? Like what if we accepted people bigger, smaller? We accepted people with crooked noses. We accepted people with acne scarring. We accepted people with crooked teeth. We accepted people who were balding. We accepted people with saggy necks. We accepted people, I was teased all the time as a kid for being white, like for being pale. Like what if we just accepted people as we are, as they are, without saying that there's something we need to look beyond Or there's something that can be fixed. What if we just accept people as they are and everything that makes us who we are is what makes us beautiful? Like, what would our world look like? I think of all the people that just feel like they're not good enough in some way. I know I feel like that sometimes. You are enough. We're all enough and we don't need anyone insinuating that we're not because when that's when that happens, that's when the doubt can creep in. Like that's what happened to me tonight was like, should I be more self-conscious about my skin? Cause I'm, I'm self-conscious about it, but I'm also okay. I mean, like I literally don't wear like foundation or anything. So I'm like, "Eh, you know, I'm Okay should I be feeling something other than what I'm feeling? No, but like I said, it made me realize how subtle that is and how if I wasn't aware of it, it could have impacted me far more deeply than it did tonight. So I wanted to share this, well, these stories with you Because one, I wanted to bring awareness to how subtle things can be or just how, I mean, my dermatologist when I was a kid, like that was not subtle. But as an 18, 20-year-old woman, I say kid, but young woman, that impacted me. I mean, clearly, I'm thinking about it like 24 years later. How we're told we're not good enough is very subtle. And I think being aware of that, being mindful of that, is the first step in changing how we feel about ourselves, how we look at ourselves, because ultimately how we look at ourselves, how we feel about ourselves, that matters more than anybody else. And their perception of us, their thoughts about us, how they feel about us and how we look. No, how you feel about you, that matters more than anything else. And again, paying attention to these subtleties, I feel like that's really the first step in kind of shifting our perspective of ourselves and then noticing how it happens around us so that hopefully we don't fall victim to that stuff in the future. And then I also just wanted to tell you, you're enough. You don't need to be anything other than what you are. You don't need to look like someone else. You don't need to act like someone else all you need to be is you because only you can be you like how amazing is that there's only one you so just be that and be that with confidence if you like this episode i would love to know you can send me a dm at awaken the extraordinary on instagram you can send me an email k-r-i-s-t-i at awaken the extraordinary.com If you know of someone else that would like to hear this episode that you think would benefit from hearing it, text it to them, share it on your stories, tag me. People deserve to feel enough because they are. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a friend. I won't say it with the Golden Girls melody, but uh, thank you for being here. I really do appreciate you. Please stay kind stay compassionate and stay curious with yourself and others. And I'll talk with you soon.